to be honest with you, I'm almost kind of pissed off that this is even a conversation. Like, when do when do presidents start responding to? They don't. What? <laughs> they don't. Like that's that's the thing. Uh, lions don't respond to the bleating of sheep. That's how I was always told. Like people talking shit about me. If you imagine an open mic who was like, Kelly ain't funny. You're an open micer. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even, you know what I mean? I'd be like, I'm not even, but last night I did the uh, tomato throw show. Oh, I love that show. Uh, it wasn't fair. <laughs> it's not. It's a bunch of comedians throwing shit. It, that, the only people who would throw, but the comedians, it was, I was crushing it so hard. The comedians were like, I can't even. Like, this is bogus for me. And it was a full house. It wasn't like it was, like, sometimes it's just an open mic type of environment. But last night, there was a crowd. Oh, was it? Yeah. Like, all of the seats were filled, except, like, a few over here on the right. The booths were filled. Everything was was a packed house. I honestly don't think that the comedians should have tomatoes. tomatoes right. if, especially if there's any. a crowd. I didn't throw any. I didn't think that was, I didn't think it was fair. So, Who ended up winning? With, I did. Oh. Uh, <laughs> with, to me, it was unfair because... When I walked in, I looked at the comedians who were there, and most of them had been doing it three or four years at best. And most of them had just stopped doing open mics in the last year. Right. That's it automatically gives you an advantage. Right. I'm like, fam, I got eight minutes I could do in my sleep. Y'all are going, like some of them you could tell after about three or four minutes, they were looking for the light, like, please, light me, that's all I got. The second place person had 15 tomatoes. I had three. Two of them were thrown by a comic. Like, you know what I mean? And the comic threw the first one, and I kept telling the joke, and they were like, well, fuck, if you ain't gonna acknowledge the tomatoes, this ain't as much fun as it was, you yeah. know what I mean? And then at the end, they were like, this nigga ain't got no tomatoes, come on, fam. Then they it's like, nigga, I'm not here for acknowledging the tomatoes, I'm here for this hundred dollars, I'ma win, yeah, for this eight paper. minutes. This little paper, and the thing is, I didn't even know it was a paid contest. I yeah. thought it was just like, you know, it was some fun shit, comics got together, and they threw tomatoes. It, I almost looked at it like a heckle show. Like, you've done them shows where the point of it is the audience heckles and you see if you can get through it. Right. So I went up, and I go right into my set, and the audience starts laughing, and they're like, well, shit, I can't throw it. This seems like a weird place to throw a tomato while the audience is laughing. And then right. I did uh, the joke about my son breastfeeding, and the audience was laughing their ass off. And then I did the joke about uh, breastfeeding down in Georgia where the dude was like, titties off of, that's gross, that's a sexual organ. I'm like, you can't cover all your sexual organs, nigga, because you ain't wearing mittens. And the audience started clapping, and, they, and I saw somebody had one cock, and they were like, well, shit, it, I, how am I throwing a tomato if he and the applause break? So I'm ripping through my set. Then I do the negrophobia joke. And again, they like, well, shit, I can't throw it. This just seems like it's hate at this point if I'm throwing tomatoes. Yeah. So I finished my set out, and the dude didn't even come up and count them. Like, they come up, and he's like, how many did he get? 15. How many did he get? 19. Yeah. One dude got 78. I walked off stage and Mikey Makins went on and said, yeah, so Monk won clearly. Um, <laughs> we last? We, yeah, I went last. So he said, Monk won. So that's, there's, go get your check. There's that. <laughs> and, uh, but anybody else, and da, 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 now we still have to pick the second place person. So they split it. You don't get $100 no more. You get 75 And then they vote. It's not based on tomatoes anymore. It's the uh, Booker, Sahar, and Kyle was in the building. And then the um, host, they vote on who had the second best set. Really? Yeah, so that person gets 25 bucks, which I think is fair because you can pack the place with your friends. And then win and the hundred dollars. So win, right. So they're like, nah, we're going to make this a little more fair. But it was one of those things where I, I was like, that's not a cool comparison. Like, I didn't feel good about winning. I mean, I felt good about the money, but I didn't feel good about winning. But see, that's crazy to me because it's like, here we are, 
in a state of disarray, that's the only way I can put it, um, as a country, and this nigga Donald Trump is taking time to tweet about right. a video that Snoop Dogg, of all people, Snoop. has, and I mean, not to discredit Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg no, is a shit, the nigga a, been around forever. He's not a political so, force. But exactly, but he's not like the 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 voice of Black America. So to it'd been different if Obama was in the video. Well, that that's the whole thing. Like it's, as it's, an actual actor right. in the video, if or Obama if Obama shot had him. said something, right? Then that's different. But to, Ted Nugent said they needed to grab guns and go. And Ted Nugent, nobody really, you know, he's not a political scientist. Nobody worries about Ted Nugent. But Ted Nugent said a number of threatening things to the president, and Obama didn't say shit. Because he ain't but, got time for that shit. Well, I mean, Anybody yeah. got time for that? Well, this, this is a president that spends more time tweeting than he does Jeez. presidenting. He's such Every a morning tweeter. at 6 o'clock in the morning, he tweets five or six things relevant to whatever happened last night. And no one fucking cares, B. Do, do your well, job. Well, he understands that social media is the way. He understands that. <laughs> he understands uh, that. If I keep people from paying attention to what I'm not doing in office... By focusing on what I am saying on Twitter, then I can do damn near anything I want to do. Nigga, OJ. That's all I can say. First of all, OJ did it. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I just got through watching the series on Netflix. And if the series is anything in close relations to the truth, yeah. that nigga did it. And the, the prosecutors made such a good point and was like, this entire time they have kept the jury preoccupied with bullshit ass other shit like race mm -hmm. and uh f what is the name Fer Furman mm -hmm. the the officer or whatever mm -hmm. Furman's uh racial issues and things anybody like that who's and ever that's cheated so has funny done that. anybody who's ever cheated has done that let me get you off the point by talking about all these other things that have happened that is I'm so not changing the facts but I'm getting you to focus on something that's not the facts and making Gee. that more important when me and Mike broke up because of, and it wasn't solely because of his infidelity, but I mean, that had a large part to do with it. But when oh, we broke okay. up because of that, um, when we started to argue about it, mm -hmm. it became, well, you weren't dressing up anymore, and you weren't doing the things that you was, you were supposed to, and you weren't blah, 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 and it was just so much blame game, to a point where if you say stuff like that to a female, or any, anybody actually, it doesn't have to be a woman or a male, but if you say something like that in the midst of a argument or a breakup, you're gonna automatically add insecurity to that person and make them think, well shit, did was I? it me? Right. What Did I do that? Did I cause that? Yeah, and it makes you second guess yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna be honest with you, we wouldn't be a couple had he not came back and retracted all of that and said, you know what? That really, none of that had anything to do with you. I was just being insecure. I was just at a point where I didn't know how to deal with what I was going through. Right. And it's like, okay, I can respect you telling the truth because, nigga, you had me around here. Like, uh, maybe I should get, maybe I should get a Brazilian wax. But that's the maybe thing. I should wear more thongs. Maybe I should change. Like, I was trying to change. And when you and when you're in love, you don't even know. Right. But you try to change so much of yourself to try to fit the image of what that person, quote unquote, desires. Mm -hmm. You know, and that can be, and that's so true. They do do that. I mean, that's what what Trump is doing is, not is an old game. It's um, it's Pepsi and Coke. It's McDonald's. Everybody on the earth knows McDonald's doesn't make the best hamburger. Hell, no. nobody thinks McDonald's makes the best hamburger. Like if you if you were to ask a million people, what's your favorite hamburger? The likelihood of any of them saying McDonald's is so low, I would be shocked when they did it. 
But who sells the most hamburgers? McDonald's. Them fries, though. The fries are amazing, but McDonald's still sells the most hamburgers, and the reason why is, ba 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 da ba, I'm loving it. You but, know every one of their songs, you know every one of their jingles, you can name five or six commercials, you know history, you know their fries are good, you know Ronald McDonald, you know the hamburger. They've made themselves such a big part of the brand, the brand yeah. that you forget that they're, they're unhealthy, the food ain't shit, and there's really no way that they can sell you a burger at that price unless it ain't burger meat. But you don't think about any of that because you hungry, there's a McDonald's, that's where I'm going to eat because I know McDonald's. But you can't deny the fact that them fries aren't real either, Kelly. And we're not going to keep talking about this unhealthy as We don't promote. Kelly Talks fries. with Monk does not promote <laughs> unhealthy eating. Y'all can eat all I'm the fries not, you want. I'm just saying we don't promote that I'm shit. I'm not promoting it, but the fries, promoting nigga, is Sound like delicious. If you think about it, ain't nobody buying no burger without buying them fries. Don't nobody go in there and just get a, a medium, I mean a, a fucking hamburger or a cheeseburger without getting a small fry. As I was saying, <laughs> Kelly Talks with Monk podcast, also known as the Don't Listen to This podcast, does not, has not, and will not promote the eating of McDonald's food. Anyway. Except their fries. Not not even their fries. <laughs> but that's the, that's the whole thing though, is like you know most places it's the same thing with this president. He's taking a page out of all of these marketers' books. He's even said himself, if he was down to his last dollar, and they said, well, what business would you start? He said, I wouldn't start a business. I would get that dollar to a publicist because a publicist can get me back in the game. As long as people are paying attention to me, I can make money. If you talk about comedy, you know a comic in this city who will crush all of the other comics. You also know a comic in this city who's more well-known than that comic. And, and ain't really and that ain't good. Not that good. But, but that because guy they will have get that backing, because, yeah. Right. And it's, you know, we look at big name comedians. When you talk about who's the funniest comic out there, it's definitely somebody who's got the attention. Bill Burr, for as funny as he is, makes the list when you're talking to comedians. But when you talk to the average layperson, it's going to be the same names Kevin Hart, Louis C.K. Um, Louis C.K. is pretty funny, though. Louis C.K. is funny. Kevin Hart is funny. The, the argument is who's funnier? That these, but I think that's subjective. That's it, it's subjective. very subjective. There's no way to say who's It's funnier. very subjective. But the thing is, there's so many people who are on that level, but we don't know who they are. But as soon as they get a movie, give you an example. Little Rel's been funny for a long time. But all of a sudden, once he's on the Carmichael show and now we get out, I guarantee you Lil Rel will sell a shit ton more tickets and all of a sudden you'll start hearing about how funny Lil Rel is. Did he get funnier? No, he got more notoriety. So yeah. now that he's got and the, actually, the spotlight, I think, I he's feel better. like most of the time when they start getting the, yeah. the, the popularity, they, they get less funnier. Well, it's harder to be Because funny. they're not as... Yeah, they're not as authentic. They're not around the people that made them. They're not around the things and people that made them funny. Kevin yeah. Hart's first special is always going to be his best special because it's a seven, eight, nine years in the making. This is all of his regular normal life where he's interacting with regular normal people. Once that's gone, now his all of his interactions are, are celebrity, celebrity, and, fame. and think about his last special. It was a lot of. I, I uh, went to Disney World with D, uh, D Wade. I went to uh, Vegas with this famous dude. And yeah, these are still funny stories, but they're harder to relate to because I could get into a fight with my wife. My kids might throw balls at the place. My daddy might have had a drug but problem. But you don't know what it's like but to go to I Disney World with D Wade. I went to Disney World with D Wade. And y'all shut the whole Disney Nigga, you don't know how it is to go to Disney World with a high school basketball star. I can't go to, Disney World. I can't go to <laughs> Disney World with Dwayne Wayne, nigga. This nigga. <laughs> what we talk? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, but, but again, all of it boils down to who's the most well-known. Even when I got to Chicago, I walked into the Lab Factory without ever having uh, auditioned. But they Me were like, too. that's the dude yes. from the TV show. Yes. You're on. When they when first did, opened up, that's yeah. the same thing. A lot of people were like, man, you, you, I was like, what's up with the laugh at? Oh, you got to get past there and you got to do this and you got to do that. 
And right. I just sent an email and was like, so, this is me. here's this my is resume, what I've done. here's like, a yeah. clip. Come on, you good. Yeah, and I think it is all about name. And even it's if it name. was a lot of people that was there that weren't funnier than, I mean, that were funnier than me, mm -hmm. because they've been out here on the, on the scene grinding, yeah. you know, every night. Because these comics be on stage every night. Yeah, they go two, to open three, mics. four shows a night sometimes. York, listen, the difference between New York and here is New York comics don't go to open mics. If you're already past the clubs, you don't go to open mics. You might go to their new material night, like Stan. Uh, the stand has frantic Mondays and you get a lot of drop-ins and then this club has this you know night where only the up-and-coming comics come and you might drop in there but you don't go to open mics when I got to Chicago and I saw comics going to open mics that were I was like didn't you just headline this show over here or weren't you just in South Bend Indiana doing it 45 minutes yeah and you doing an open mic you waiting through 60 70 people to get I called I thought that was the craziest thing and then I realized what makes Chicago comics beast is they don't take days off. They they will go if they have a Tuesday off. If you're a New York comic and you have a Tuesday off, you may drop in to a big club where they have a big audience, but you ain't going to no club full of comics and working out your new material there. Yeah. And one thing I like about new comics, they don't know who the vets are. They don't care who the vets are. Yeah. So I can walk in Coles right now and Rebecca will know who I am. The bartender will give me free drinks. But it'll be 30 Coles people sitting is not there. A, Coles is not a regular open mic, though. It that isn't. That shit be cracking. It'd be a lot of regular people. It'd be popping. It'd be a lot of regular motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> when, when I first got here, uh, nobody knew who I was. I might as well sign that list. But I could go to Laugh Factory, to Improv, Zanies. They'd be like, hey, ain't you the dude from the thing? And it's the same when I went to L.A. We go to L.A., and there are comics who've been out there grinding, grinding, grinding. I'll go to L.A., and they're like, uh, who's that? He said, my man want to do five minutes. Who is that? Well, yeah. that's Felonious Monk for The Nightly Show. Yeah, he can go up. You have to have a title. You he have to have a Felonious title out there. Monk from The Nightly Show. Yeah. From The Nightly Show or from Comedy Central gets me into a lot more rooms. Yeah. Am I funnier than the people who are trying to get on? Not always. You right. know what I mean? I mean, I think I'm funny. But there's some beasts out there who are still struggling to get stage time. I guess you, but you think about it, that has to go back to preparation too. To, yeah. Because even if you get the opportunity, right? Because I've yeah. realized this even in my own career, approaching 11 years of stand up, uh, all the opportunities that I was presented with time after time, and were not able to capitalize. capitalize on those opportunities because after my first 20 minutes or after this first conversation of what I want to do with my career, nigga, I had nothing else to offer. Right. I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. And it was so um, hollow. It was so empty of a yeah. concept that it's like, you you know what I mean? Like I, I'll say that um, me saying yes to stuff has helped me out a lot. Yes. And, and uh, my friend, Janetta Elzey, I call her my friend. That's my name drop. And if you don't know who are, who she is, you whack. But uh, I'm whack as fuck. Janetta says because <laughs> uh, I don't know who that is. She's uh, one of the faces of the the I won't say the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement, but she's one of the faces of the movement. I'll call it. And what she did, she read Shonda Rhimes. Uh, Shonda, damn, not Shonda Rhimes. What's Shonda Land? Shonda from. Uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. Yes, trying to rhyme. Uh, and to rhyme. I read okay. a, yeah, the book. So you read the book. The, the book is the, great. The, the year of Yes? Or yes, whatever. the Year of Yes. So she read Actually, that. I started saying yes to a lot of shit after that, too. Right. I really did. Well, what happened, 
she talked to me about this. I never read the book, but she was just like saying yes to opportunities that you usually would say no to because you, they make you uncomfortable. Yes. And so I started saying yes to things. So last year I said yes to Black Side of the Moon and, and uh, Afrofuturism, and it helped me to grow in ways that I wouldn't have. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a stand-up. I don't do that. I'm a stand-up. I don't do improv. I'm a stand-up. I don't do theater. I'm a stand-up. I don't do voices. I'm a stand-up. I, do I don't sing. That label, nigga. That and label. I started doing all of those things. And what that opened was opportunities for me to do voiceover work because all of a sudden people go, fam, you do like eight impressions off the top of your head. Why aren't you doing that work? Oh, good point. Fam, you could do a little more to hold the note. Why aren't you doing that work or at least adding that into your But where does that come from? Where does that come from with people having a need to label themselves? Because I think that we're given labels. Tells, right. Yeah, and we have, to, we have to uphold that label that has made us the most popular. Well, so I think that's, well, that's part of it. Part of it is we have to be that thing that we're, we want to be known for. I want to be known as a comedian. So if I do these other things, you won't know me as a comedian. Well, that's not accurate. And if you think about all of the older performers, Sammy Davis Jr., what was he? He was an entertainer. He told jokes. He sang. He danced. He Tap acted. Dance. He did everything. But he was an entertainer. All of them did. Even if you look at Carlin, Carlin had an old radio show where he did characters, he did voices, he did, he put on goofy ass clown stuff. All of these guys started from this place where they did improv, they did sketch, and they did stand up, and it made their stand up stronger. Because if you look at Richard Pryor and you tell me the funniest thing he ever did was a Mudbone, you lying. Yeah. Mudbone is at least top three characters in the history of comedy, but he's a stand up comic. And yeah. he would do whole five minute sets as this other dude with mm -hmm. no real jokes in there. Just he just was so that, good at it. He was just good at mudbone. You just started panting. You're like, look, man, this is what the hell is happening? And it was over and you applauded. So saying yes to stuff got me to a place where now I'm writing a one man show. We went from I only do stand up to I do stand up in a couple of impressions to I do stand up and I sing on stage a little too. I, I, I can act a little bit too. I do stand up, I can act, I can do impressions, I can sing. I can write a one-man show. Oh shit! To go back to um, something so we now, talked about. Now when I now when I meet these agents and what are you doing? This 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 this. I've handed them so many things. They're like shit. Which is the one that we need to work on first? As yeah. opposed to what else you got? But most agents don't even want that because I remember when I signed with my management uh, back some years ago. One of the things that they talked about was being specific to what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. and they said that um, they were like. Well, we don't want somebody that's all over the place, is what they said. That's, yeah. the, that's the term, they, that, that's the, the, the way that they shifted. stated it. And I was like, hmm. And it made me question whether or not I should be focusing strictly on stand-up because that's what they signed me as, mm -hmm. or should I be focusing on all the other desires of my heart? So it took me years to get past that label of I'm a stand-up. And to go back to, like I said, a conversation we had on here uh, a couple podcasts back about um, I'm a stand-up and I must do stand-up. In the last couple weeks, the more and more I write my book, because I'm, I'm fucking, I'm 26,000 words in, I'm on page 45 of the Word document, like of just straight writing. And I, I'd have been quit by now. It's, That's it's a lot. I don't even know that many words. It is amazing to see how it's fl flowed, but the more I get into that, the less I say, I'm a comedian. I have to go do comedy. Like I, I do love stand up, and I performed five days last week. You know what I'm saying? Last night was the only day that I didn't perform. Mm -hmm. So I performed from Thursday all the way until Monday night, 
but <laughs> I still don't feel like I have to do that now. And before right. I had said that I did, I was like, I have to do that. I think that we are afraid to step yeah. outside of our comfort zones. And I was afraid to let go of that because I didn't have anything else to attach myself to. I think, yeah, I, that makes sense. Like if I'm not a comic, who am I? Now, right. For it's me, like, what else am I doing? I, I can't stop doing stand up because it, I, it feeds me. But I also now know that that's not the only way to define myself. Um, Jean Grey, who most people know as a rapper. Yeah, I listened, you, you told is, me about her. Yeah, I told you, so she's, she has, the term is polymath, and it's P-O-L-Y-M-A-T-H, and it's a person who does everything. They don't, like, they're not, she's good at a bunch of things. She writes, she draws, she cooks, she's a comic, she's a writer, and people say, oh, Jean Grey the rapper? Which, yeah, that's a that's part that's of, it. of it. That's yeah. an element of it, but Jean Grey, the comedian, yeah, Jean Grey, the, Jean Grey, the DJ. She came here and did, um, John Hodgman has a show called uh, Judge and John Hodgman, or the Ju John Hodgman, whatever, it's a court, with court show, and she was the bailiff for the night. But the night before, since she was in town early, she went and DJed a club. Like, what the fuck is happening? Like, you rap, and you DJ, and you do comedy shit, and you do, yeah, yes, I do all of that. And I think sometimes now, the management companies will sign you because of this, but you having these other, because when I got signed, I didn't get signed as a comic. And it fucked me up for years, where I kept getting news jobs, but no one would take me seriously as a comedian. Oh, that's funny. No one would take me seriously as a comedian, and then finally I got with PYE, and all of a sudden, no one wants to hear about this new shit. They like, hey, that's cool that you can write well, but can you write funny? Mm -hmm. I want to see the funny. And so having all of those tools isn't necessarily helpful when you're giving it to the agent. They might look at it and go, I don't know what to do all of this. Like I said, they'll go through it like, what should we focus on? Yeah. But having all of those skills gives you the ability to do stuff that the other guy can't. I think being confident in that, in the fact that you have all those skills. Yeah. Because see, we may be confident as stand-ups, but then we may be not as confident as an actor. Right. And so we won't label ourselves an actor, or we will, but then we'll go into these opportunities and we don't show up and show the fuck out. We don't have We confidence. show up and we like, uh, I think I can do this somewhat, right. and uh, I might be good, but I'm not sure. You know, and those questions mm -hmm. in our own head actually shows in our face and, and in our behavior. Shows and in our you know and everything else so i feel like when we yes things we have to yes them wholeheartedly to a point where not only one if you know you're not skilled at something you have to be willing to learn and that's another problem because most people that feel like they're skilled in one area when they jump over into another area they just take what they think they should know mm -hmm. and say oh I got this. And it's like, no, bitch, it's so much more. You got people that are getting masters in fine arts in this thing. You yes. think you're going to just walk in and, and you, eyeball this shit. Right. <laughs> this ain't an eight ball, fam. You're going to have to do the work. You Put need it on to the scale. do the work, yes. And, and acting is such an interesting thing because you've been watching people act your whole life. If you watch TV movies, see, like, I can do that. If you watch people you talk to, but everybody you acts. you can't do it that way. There's, a, there's literally a, a skill set that you need to know. And... What I will say is, once you start doing it well, and you know you're doing it well, then you start relaxing. Yeah. And it, that's what's on your face. I'm this character. Yeah. I'm really this person. I'm killing this part. I know I'm killing this part. And whether you give me this uh, role or not, you're going to remember me for something else. And if you do the backhand work, if you do the backhand work, yeah. right, and everything, when you show up, even if you don't land that role, yeah. you can walk away feeling good about having done your best. Because you, you Chicago's got, different, though. You know, in LA, they walk in with the with their sides still in their hand. 
uh, for those that you can do that scripts. too, right here. But I don't feel confident when I do that. You to me, that. when I walk in with my sides, I feel unprepared. Okay, so let me tell you that a casting director here from PR Casting, mm -hmm. she held a um, audition for um, auditioning on camera. Right. Uh, not an audition. I'm sorry, a workshop, workshop. for auditioning on camera. It was mm -hmm. here at Second City, actually, mm -hmm. and so. I did the little workshop, and I was kind of I was kind of iffy about it because I hate paying. I yeah. hate paying for those type of workshops. I'd be like, this shit ain't go. And then I was like, you know what, Kelly? And I had read yes, mm -hmm. and all those other <laughs> that, uh, that book and some other self help books because I'm a self help junkie. But I was I'm like, a junkie, y'all. I'm such a self help junkie. It's ridiculous. But I was like, you know what? I have to do this because this is a part of the game. This is mm -hmm. a part of the career. Like, if I want to learn this skill, then what better way to get it than from somebody that does it right. all day? Right. Went into this uh, workshop with her, and she said that unless you are a thousand percent sure mm -hmm. that you have that script, you better walk in there with it in your hand. That's and that's this what is hearing her, her here yeah. in Chicago. She and said because it. what that does is that tells the 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 um, producers that also tells the casting director that no I am not a hundred percent confident in what I've done but I'm gonna give you my choices okay. and if these choices are good then you'll take that tape and roll with it and if they're not you'll direct me and I'm right. open to being directed but if you walk in there like I got this shit mm -hmm. without it in your hand then that kind of shuts down the idea that you're even open to change and that, that makes sense I, I think for me and and I'll have to work on. And I landed a commercial literally yeah. two weeks after taking that class. And I and I'll have to work <laughs> on that because for me, that, I mean, and that makes a hundred percent sense. What 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 bothers me is the mental part for me is if I'm still on book when I walk in, my confidence is already down. Yeah. And I always feel like if I'm doing this on camera, you can see that my confidence is down. You because every time I do this. I think when I look back up, I look like, did you catch that? And I got to, you know, I mean, that's something mentally I have to work on. But it's, it's also, I have a decent memory. So most of the time, I do have the lines. It's, I've had two out of 15 where I went in and I thought I had the lines, and then I went, oh, shit. See, my thought is a contradiction behind it. My thought is like, okay, you want me to be in this character. Right. But then I have this paper. So right. I always, I try to be off book, but I will take my paper in. Right. Just because. I'll hold the paper in the hand. I'll take my paper in, but when it's when it comes down to looking at it, it's like, if I have to stop and see what I'm supposed to say, While then I'm that means I'm not who I am. I'm not who I'm supposed to be. I'm not hearing you. And that's the thing is, the other, less, the other point I got in acting was you have to be listening. You have to listen. Well, how can I listen to you and I'm writing? Yeah, that's I'm the not point in life listening. that many people don't get. You have to listen in life. <laughs> you have to. Y'all listening? Is y'all li listening? Keep listening. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, don't listen to this podcast. Don't. It's a great <laughs> you want plot, that man. You want that name to be. You I want, just want that to, to be like the. I want that to be like the nickname. Like we could always like everybody. Kelly, Kelly talks, talks with mom. But don't listen to AKA, our podcast. AKA don't listen to our podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, if you listen to our podcast, hashtag don't listen. That's all you have to do is hashtag don't listen, and then we'll know you. Won't that not inspire people to not listen though? Mm -mm. People are weird, man. If, they put, like, oh, if don't I post listen, a video I'm and say don't look at this video, I guarantee you people will look at that video. That's so. You know, we need to fucking. The name of this podcast is now officially <laughs> Kelly Talks for Monk. Don't, don't listen. listen to this podcast. We need to do a. Uh, <laughs> we need to do a. We need to run a, a dummy test on that and do a video. And say, don't watch this video and see how many views it get. Side note, last week's podcast uh, got some of the best numbers we've had since I, I started doing the podcast with you. It's not your best 
podcast ever, but it was the best since I've been on it. And I want to thank the people who are listening. Please tell other people to listen to this podcast. Uh, because if not, then we just coming in here and talking to each other for 30 which minutes. Which is cool. Which is cool. This is the home. I don't mind talking to you. But I also don't have to leave the house if that's what we're going to do. Uh, you could just text me this shit. Uh, actually, it is the second best numbers behind the one that you did with Bossy. And absolutely, that makes sense because hers was better. Uh, <laughs> hey, y'all make sure y'all go back and listen to that. Even when Monk wasn't on the show, it's a podcast I did with Bossy Ickby, which is a mental health advocate. And it was a dope-ass podcast. Uh, she talks about a lot of dope ass shit that I think a lot of people need to hear that are afraid to embrace some things that may not be 100% correct with you. It's okay to be fucked up in some other areas. We are all flawed. So, yeah, I thought that sometimes I'll go back and listen to that podcast because it inspires me not to give up on myself in certain instances when I feel like, why am I like this? What's wrong with me? What am I going through? Plus, Bossy just dope. She is dope. Being. She is a dope uh, human. And I just went back and looked, actually. Uh, you guys have been listening a lot recently. and To I, all of them. To all of them. So they thank have you. been. Please share them with your friends. Don't. I mean, I'm not saying don't just listen, but if you do listen, let your friends know you're listening so they can listen. Don't be selfish. Don't, don't be selfish. You're just getting all this goodness for yourself, and don't give it to nobody. I know we didn't talk about much of anything today. We just, uh, chopped, it up. We just chopped it up. But I think we gave some really good branding advice and, and stuff like that. Like it's important to eat fries from McDonald's. It's like not it's important really important to eat, fries. to eat those fries. Don't because this podcast if you get does not listen, a burger man. without the fries, then there's no point. And I don't eat burgers, but I do get their fish sandwiches. I will get a number eight on your ass. I will get a number eight. Like tartar sauce. No, Please, no, with barbecue. No. I got to dip it in barbecue sauce. As you could tell, this podcast wasn't about you guys. This was about <laughs> me and Kelly uh, having healthy eating conversations and branding conversations and acting tips. And even if you're not Time active, out, though. Say healthy another eating, but word this nigga McDonald's. smoke cigarettes. Are we, is that eating? I'm not eating the guy. That was an attack on him and his body. <laughs> that was not a, a, That was an attack on him and his body. First of all, let me just be clear on something. This one about me. It's about you <laughs> eating fries. That's number one. Number two. Uh, yes, I smoke cigarettes, and it saves lives. Do you know how cigarettes save lives? Please. If I didn't smoke them cigarettes, I would choke the shit out of motherfuckers for annoying me every day. Them cigarettes keep me from open hand slapping folks all day long. So y'all motherfuckers are welcome. Third of all, <laughs> cigarettes are disgusting. I don't promote cigarette smoking. I think if you don't start, if you've never started, don't start. If you have started, get some help. Try and quit, cause that shit's harder to quit than heroin. I should know. I've been smoking longer than some of you motherfuckers been alive. 25 years. It's turned into a confession. It's real. I mean, it's not, it's real. Listen, the only argument my wife and I have ever had in the history of our relationship, this is a true story, the only argument we've ever had is I told her I quit. I remember I you talked quit. about that. Yeah, I had quit for a little while, and then I started again, you and she smelled it on it. me, and I lied about it. You fucking and lied And I lied about, about it. it because, honestly, out of all of the things in my life that I have not been able to accomplish, that's the one that I can't understand. I could not drink. I cannot cheat. I cannot this. I cannot that. I can bust my ass to be a better comic. I can focus and commit to damn near anything. But if you ask me right now for a million dollars not to smoke for the next month, I don't know if I would say to you, I would think to myself, shit, for a million dollars? Hell yeah. But somewhere around day five, <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? Nigga can make a million dollars with this comedy shit. You know what I mean? Fuck that. And smoke. And that's why I know that advertising and marketing works. Because Do you think it's the advertising and marketing? Or no, you that's think how it's I started. Nicotine? That's how I started. The nicotine is the, what keeps you. But the advertising and marketing normalized cigarettes to the point where even though we all knew it would kill you. I did not know in 92 when I started smoking cigarettes that it would kill me. Right. I wasn't shocked that, oh my God, I'm addicted. I knew 
beforehand. But it had been normalized so much that when I grabbed that first cigarette, even though I knew as I was putting it to my mouth and lighting it that this was probably a bad decision, so many people around me smoked. I'd seen it so often. My mom smoked my whole life, and I argued with her, please don't smoke. And Maybe. still, it was just easier for me to smoke that than to keep fighting it. So you can mark. That's why you can't market to kids anymore. That's why in Chicago you can't sell flavored cigarettes near schools anymore because they realize that marketing is so strong that even though kids know it's bad for you, they'll still do it. They've seen it so much. So yeah, Brandon is a motherfucker. Yeah, don't smoke cigarettes. And don't eat smoke McDonald's. Weed. Definitely eat fries. Weed. Matter of fact, eat weed. Eat it in edibles. Eat, yeah, that's better because I can't smoke weed. I don't eat it either anymore just because it fucks with my psyche. But <laughs> I eat it for the same reason. It fucks with my psyche. But <laughs> but I could definitely couldn't smoke it. I used I, I first of all I tried to smoke a cigarette way back when and mm -hmm. I called myself starting out because my daddy used to smoke uh Marlboros, I think they was. Oh, you just Mar wanted to die. So I, tr I tried that initially, and then I was like, nah, fuck that. Then I tried Newport, and then I was like, oh, hell no. And all them bitches were terrible for me. I just couldn't. But we're going to go back to one earlier point. I said when somebody gets caught cheating, they try to throw a whole bunch of other shit in there. All I said was we need to eat healthy, and this motherfucker tried to throw it off with the cigarette I shit. I did. Fuck that. Don't Touché. eat McDonald's. <laughs> I'm Touché. done. I ain't talking no more. My feelings are hurt. You know what? My feelings are not hurt, but you should eat fries. We out. Sometimes there's just nothing left to say Sometimes Kelly will say